Hi, listeners. You're back at Ensuing Confusion, an actual play RPG podcast where we are about to roll into the final score of our Scum and Villainy campaign. I am your producer and game master, Connor Sheridan, and I am joined today, as always, by Cleric, playing Myriad the Muscle. I am still the muscle. Catherine playing Gadget the Mechanic. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Kitty playing Quell the Mystic. Hello, I am not very muscular. <laughs> Me neither. And Tony playing Augustine the Speaker. Welcome all. And we left off in an, in an interesting place as the crew of the Beluga was preparing to make their entrance to the Ascending Fortress, the strange ancient um sort of a pyramid shaped thing uh that kind of controls the the heretofore eternal movement of Subita's Sansi, but it hasn't been doing that so much since it broke down uh and you needed to get in to well maybe pilot the entire landberg into a continent as essentially a battleship slash troop carrier for spirits and also to make a good old-fashioned delivery because you are smugglers i mean you're literally like i'm looking at the beluga faction (laughs) sheet here and it says smugglers um so you know might as well get that in well sure also it's very important to note that without the eternal churning of subita's fancy there is going to be a great lack of Lofthouse cookies. <sighs> I bet we get in there and we just find vents clogged with Lofthouse cookies. <laughs> the whole thing is backed up. That's the treasure. <laughs> the real treasure all along is not friendship. It's the Lofthouse cookies blocking the Ascending Fortress. It's mm-hmm. like the Lofthouse cookies we found along the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a whole vault of Lofthouse cookies. It's got to be enough there to last you months or a week if you don't mind having terrible, terrible <laughs> indigestion. <laughs> Original flavor only. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, the yellow icing. <laughs> so ready. This I'm one's prepared. galaxy flavored. Mm. <laughs> uh, like Coke Starlight, which I'm only okay with. But yeah. I like Wish the packaging. More raspberry, less rum. Is yeah, feeling. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, let's see. We and we left off right at the engagement roll last time. Um, after Myriad found a uh, a promising way in. Um, actually, it's not not like an opening, but like a, mm-hmm. a spot that it looked like you could maybe uh, access with kind of an access panel, hidden access panel. Um, and uh, Augustine putting on a very, very good distraction operation to give Myriad some time there. Um, you got a four on the engagement roll, so we're going to roll right into a risky position as we start. Uh, just double-checking, did we have everybody pick load last time? I think we did. I, I believe so. I'm at normal. I pretty much always roll normal. At least with my load. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I typically do too in Forge in the Dark games. I just um, remembered also that for me to do things last session, I broke out the special stuff. And that is why I have it maybe at less than 100% in a couple of days. Oh, my God. Ah, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. This is the, uh, quote, powdered sugar that they put in locked house cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Special confectioner sugar. (laughs) That's the secret. Uh, And, yeah, so... I guess one logistical thing first. Were you planning on taking the shipment... Which I imagine is probably like a few carts worth of of um, they're probably like crates which you could get on like a few rollers or something. Uh, were you planning to take the shipment with you as you went in, or were you did you have some other um, idea for how to get it to the Junkers Guild, or are you just going to completely disregard that, which you could totally do? The I mean, the chop wouldn't uh-huh. like it, but screw him, honestly. How how would you normally take a shipment to the inner city like that? Well, I think normally you would have a, uh, what do we call them, sandboat? Uh, <laughs> you'd haul them over on a sandboat to the front entrance. You'd offload them uh, where they were needed. Um, you know, the sandboats probably have like cranes on them. Uh, if you couldn't get it right there, you'd probably like put it on some, some rollers and roll it over. Um, as a reminder, Mary and I broke the sandboat that was in our possession. The <laughs> sandboat that we currently have is associated with the Purple family. Maybe it's not the best one to flaunt out in public right now. It was <laughs> definitely stolen. We're right uh-huh. next to the chop. Can we not, like, I don't know, change its paint color or something? Like in Grand Theft Auto. Right? We're just going to pull in. <laughs> Close the door, then come back out. Totally different vehicle. You could, but the here's the thing is, if you're trying to get it past the delts, they're probably not going to want anything going through that gate. So there's going to be a conversation. Mm. Do we still have uh, sandwich? Yeah, totally. Yes. Sandwich, you're so good. I could just parade around with sandwich. And use it as a distraction. (laughs) (laughs) That would definitely... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead and respond first. Uh, I was just going to say that that would definitely start at limited effect. Because, like, (laughs) if you're even going to the point where, like, nobody's even looking at the door, (laughs) you can push it. Um, But... You do have this side entrance lined up, you know, mm-hmm. and you could you could take these things on foot. It would just make things a little, you know, tougher for you. You'd be moving a little slower. Well, here's a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Sand crustaceans of varying types, do they actually live in the sand sea? Do they like navigate through the sands? Or uh, do they just get the term sand whatever because they live um i would say that they probably live here although they're probably not all native species what do you think gadget um i always just interpreted like replace the ocean with the sand and no no biology questions after that (laughs) 
So they live if so if we go with that, they can actually exist in the sand like water, much the way that like crabs and lobsters and other creatures would exist in the ocean. Uh yeah, yeah to an to an extent I'd imagine. Yeah. Like I think most of it probably happens near the surface. Um but like, yeah, they probably like they. The, it's probably pretty common for you know, like a a crab to dig itself a little sand hole and just like rest in there, you know, sleep sleep the night because it gets cold out there. The reason I ask is that we know that these sands of Subita, they're they are pretty liquidy. Like if they were previously eternally flowing, and we would have things like the upwelling. And things would come up that could be brought in on the sand boats and through sand fishing and things like that. I have to wonder, like, we know that there is a way for the sand to go up into the the fortress, the ascending fortress. Can we somehow do sand scuba with at least one or two people and sandwich to drag the, the load into the ascending fortress? So, uh, Gadget would know that the way that the sand gets up into the Ascending Fortress is it cascades off the sides of the Landberg, uh, and then it's pulled back up um, oh, into the yeah. center, creating that kind of like torus torus effect. Um, you know, basically like a donut. Um, and I imagine folks have tried it over time, and there's there's some property of the sand that only the sand is pulled up. You maybe you'd be able to rig something so that you're kind of like, you know, moving through the sand as it does it. But whatever mm. property the Ascending Fortress has that like, you know, cycles the sand eternally doesn't just naturally act on other materials that might be in there. Okay, that's a good point. And if I had still had that whiteboard, I would have known that because I drew it. I drew this whole mechanism. <laughs> I found the link. Yay! <laughs> So what you do Excellent. is you just roll in some glue and then roll in the sand and throw yourself over the edge. There you go. You get really now sandy. That, that <laughs> brings up all kinds of interesting thoughts, though, right? Like, what is it about the sand inherently that it gets sucked up into the ascending fortress? Who knows? Maybe, Maybe it's not really sand. It's living and it has spiritual properties. Nano machines. We basically just said the same thing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so so there you are. Um, we have the engagement role to get in on the side here. If we want to have a split plan where some of you are making the delivery separately, then I'm fine with that. Um, that would be, you know, we'd kind of be rolling. We'd probably let the risky roll unless it um, didn't make sense. But How... uh... oh, sorry, continue. Mm, no, I was done. Oh, how guarded is the side entrance or panel that I found? So, since you got great effect, um, you're not even going to have to worry. You have it. Um... You have it, the guard patterns locked down enough. You have a, you're able to take a good enough etching of whatever this access panel is and bring it back to Gadget that mm -hmm. the crew who is moving through this kind of exterior part of the manifold is just going to start in this exterior part of the manifold. I'm sure you'll run into, you'll, I'm not sure, you'll maybe <laughs> run into difficulties inside, but you don't have to worry about getting in that side because you got a great effect. Okay. 
Um, but does the rest of the party follow me, or are they like mm. because was it just I don't remember was it just me that found it was just entrance? you, but the way that I understood it was you weren't trying to like get in; you were doing reconnaissance um, right. to find an entry point for the whole group. So could we skulk our way back there with the shipment? Yeah, if you want, you could start out in there with the with the shipment. Um, and yeah, like like I said, I will let that great effect roll. You're in there with the stuff if you want. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be kind of inconvenient to have these crates, but sometimes smugglers just gotta smuggle, you know? Yeah. Myriad thinks that we should just take the crates with us into into this entrance the side entrance that uh you discovered yes i mean that would be the most i mean i was going to say the most straightforward most straightforward would be straight through the front door but obviously there's issues there the second most straightforward would be using this handy entrance that you discovered yep yeah all right uh, if the rest of you are cool with that, then that works for me. Uh, my answer depends on how Augustine's speech plays out next, because uh, I don't want to be caught by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's true. Also, so this this uh, entrance that, that Mary discovered, it's pretty... It, it was a pretty good one, right? There's not a lot of eyes on it. There's not a lot of like people around it. Yeah. Yep. Here, here's why I'm asking and why this is important. We would be schlepping this stuff in by hand, and while Myriad is really strong mm-hmm. and can carry stuff pretty well and pretty quickly, the rest of us, <laughs> especially Fel and Gadget, are not particularly beefy beefcakes, and we might be having some... We're like impossible burgers. Okay, we look tasty, but we are not made out of real meat. And we're going to have a challenge, maybe, getting some of those things into that entrance. We can put them on little rolly carts. <laughs> like dollies? Yeah, yeah. You, have, you have rollers, you have dollies. <laughs> have you know, you're a, dollies. We're smugglers. You're, you're a smuggling smugglers. crew. <laughs> this is what we do. Exactly. That is true. I mean, I guess... I guess if we were, well, we didn't even heft the bricks into the Beluga. That was one of the, those like purple lackeys who had to carry the bricks in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. I, I, I think, Myriad, your plan is a good one. And hopefully we don't drop these crates of stuff on ourselves mm. as we attempt to get them to the hidden entrance. Uh, I think all right. we'll be fine. I'm more worried about gadget and what's about to go down between her her pseudo daddy and her bio daddy (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so we'll open uh with um the uh inside of the manifold uh it is a this part of it just kind of looks like a small tunnel going 
parallel to the outside of the of the uh, ascending fortress, all done up in p- pentagonal tiles that uh, remind you of the tiles you saw back in um, the tile work and the kind of overall architecture that you saw back on the the interior of Dig One Twelve. Um, I think we probably see myriad, you know, shutting the door behind you with a with a click, and you just uh, emerge into quiet. Um, it is, it's a little uncomfortable in here. It's very crowded with you mm. and the crates, um, and the, uh, because the, the tunnels themselves, uh, anybody much over five feet, you kind of need to stoop to walk through them. It seems like the manifold wasn't really designed to be a, you know, pedestrian thoroughfare. Um, but you know, from what you saw of the books that it does have a bunch of junction points, um, where you can kind of begin to make your way through. Uh, and yeah, as we see everyone, um, you know, getting their, getting their crates ready, we also see uh, Decoy is in amongst you um, because she needed to be here to be able to um, help ensure that um, Subida is pointed where it needs to go. <laughs> Now, right now, Decoy is wearing my old jacket, correct? Yes, she's wearing your old jacket. Um, and I think uh, after you get inside, she probably, um, she has like a bunch of scarves she wears all the time. It's in the manifold. It's a little warm. Um, and she seems to be able to feel the heat, too. So she kind of uh, doffs some of them or loosens them up. And you can see... Uh, Kind of the top of her head, the you know, her face uh, looks mostly normal. But as it gets closer to kind of toward her heart, you can see her, her skin starts to turn transparent. And you can see those those quill-covered bones uh, underneath them. Because uh, she is a, a spirit who is in the facsimile of a person, who is kind of in the form of a person, um, but also in the form of that weird skeleton spirit quill skeleton spirit thing you found and then proceeded to just keep the skull of because you you liked it (laughs) it wasn't just because of the skull it was because there was a spirit that was attached to the skull that we were buddies with and Mm -hmm. now that spirit lives with us on the beluga which is also now sentient so really we're just going to add in friends as we go along Mm mm-hmm so let's see. We got uh, spirits. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> and not just the kind of spirits that Augustine likes to drink. Okay. <laughs> the other kind too. Now the manifold is the out, outermost part of the ascending fortress, correct? That is correct. Okay. Uh, and yes, decoy, I think her, her demeanor is um, determined. She's a little... It, you don't see it, but I think Gadget and Quell, you can feel that she's a little nervous. She's not used to being around this many people, human people. Um, and also being surrounded by whatever this, um, the forces of this, this temple are, the Ascending Fortress, rather. This isn't a temple, we're not playing Zelda. Um, <laughs> But, you know, she, she's keeping it together. There's just, there's some nerves there. I think it's very appropriate to call it a temple. 
one, because I accidentally referred to it as the Legend of the Hidden Temple earlier today. <laughs> and also because, speaking of Zelda, whenever I think of Decoy, I immediately imagine feet from Skyward oh. Sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not far off. <laughs> she doesn't turn into a sword that you know of. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, no, we're just first... turning a Landberg into a stolen vehicle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so your first obstacle is uh, making your way through the manifold, which is a eight-step clock. Um, if you want to try to get to the... Um, uh, and I'm actually going to start you uh, with... Let's see. I'll start you with three ticks on that because you um, because you got in with the great effect. Um, now, if you want to make it to the the Junkers Guild, that isn't that isn't really like getting deeper into the manifold. That would be its own task. But if you want to do that first, then that would also be an obstacle. Just finding your way there. Uh, I think it's it's quiet in here. It's dark, but not completely dark. Um, it seems to have some way of filtering in. Or wait, would it be more fun if it was just dark? It'd be more fun if it was just dark. Yeah. Um, uh, so you could mark uh, light sources if you want to be able to see. Um, but you can. I think I imagine you can hear in the distance footsteps. Um, you know that the the delts have some patrols in here too. <sighs> they they look around. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're immediately cued to you because you are only in a risky position. So what do you do? I do think we should do the detour to the Junkers Guild. Um, I agree. I mean, we we brought all these crates. It would be silly to just leave them here and not bring them to the Junkers. Agreed, and we don't really want to have to heft them with us as we try to make our way further in. That seems like that's a recipe for disaster. Sure. Uh, Alright, so what is your approach going to be? How are you going to find your way? Um, you know roughly geographically, well, phys- physically, <laughs> kind of geographically, where the uh, uh, Junkers Guild base camp is. It was just past where the delts were camped out on the exterior of the Ascending Fortress. But you don't necessarily know how to get there from here. Um, so the the exterior of the manifold, the walls, they're, they're sturdy, right? Oh yeah, very. And, and there shouldn't be anyone in here other than the Junkers Guild, right? Uh... You know that um, the there there have been cracks along it, so I guess it's not completely sturdy. So people have been getting into the exterior parts of the manifold. Mm-hmm. You don't you haven't heard of anybody getting all the way in. Um, and from what you know, some of the delts have been getting in to like mess with the junkers' equipment um, and get into like little tussles with them. As far as you know, nobody's been like killed, but there have been some scuffles. Uh, so, yeah. In the paperwork that we recovered from Sister Spring, correct? Mm-hmm. That's in the paperwork that we recovered from her home. Uh, were there any uh, maps of the manifold? And if so, did we take any kind of recordings of those maps, even just like a rough sketch of them or the maps themselves? 
you had a general idea of the uh, the diagram of the fortress. Um, you got, let's see, I think you got good effect on them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't have a specific map of like the the manifold itself, but you do, you know, have a kind of an understanding of the overall structure of the ascending fortress. Okay. So not necessarily like if the manifolds were like were like tunnels, almost like service tunnels, we wouldn't necessarily have uh, knowledge of of like the way to go to move toward where the junkers can't like. Not offhand, no. You could try to find it. Um, you know, these tunnels go off in either directions. From what you know, they, they lead to juncture points with, like, some kind of odd uh, diagrams on them that maybe mm-hmm. you could try to interpret. Any old terminals on the walls or at junctions or anything like that? That gadget could maybe... Uh, from where you are right now, you don't see anything like that. But if you get to a junction point, maybe, yeah. Let's just choose a direction towards whichever way leads back in the direction we know is mm-hmm. the entrance and go to the first junction and go from there. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, like I said, there's nobody in your immediate vicinity, so you can just kind of steadily make your way there. Uh, it's probably taking you a little bit longer than you'd like with the uh, crates, but uh, I'm not going to make you roll for that. Uh, you find your way to your first junction point. I'd say there's probably like four tunnels connected here. Um, and in the center is a uh, sort of an illuminated... Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's got some of those uh, runes. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like a runic script that we've been describing these uh, terminals having on it. Um, and there might be... Uh, let's see. Yeah, there could there could be an access point here. That makes sense since that's how you got in before. Well, gadget. Mm, let's do this. All right. Uh, so you want to try to hack it? Let's hack into the system here. All right. You do you do do that. Uh, all right. I think this will be a risky standard if you're trying to get in to um, get an understanding of the manifold structure. Yeah. All right. And you're using your power glove? Absolutely. I'm assuming? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am clicking on it and a whole lot of nothing is happening. Remember, you have three gambits thanks to your lucky charm that you took earlier. And uh, you can all still help each other. You can Take devil's bargains. Um, All right. Um, is anybody able to? Oh, there we go. All right. I had pop up lucker on. I see my mistake now. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and... I'm sorry. You said risky standard. Yeah. I can uh, attempt to assist, um, because I have a point in hand. So I am uh, assisting gadget in. I don't know hacking this this wonderful ancient technology because we have established right that the the children of the wire seem to see more similarities between spirits and uh machines than modern people mm-hmm. i just see qual there did you turn it off and back on again <laughs> <laughs> okay. did you push this button 
<laughs> hey, the last <laughs> time Quell helped out one of my hacking, we accidentally created a new being, so this will work. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that increasing my position, or? Well, Quell, uh, you currently have two ticks in your connection clock with Gadget, so you would spend two stress um, and then pick two of these benefits to give to her. Okay, let's go ahead and we can improve the effect. Mm -hmm. So it'll become what? Risky great? Mm -hmm. And then would you like an extra die? Yeah. Excellent. All right. So risky great with one bonus die, Gadget. All right. And I hit submit and nothing happened. Oh, nice it showed up. oh there it yeah. is. A three, four, a six, eh? and a three. Yep. Nice. All right. So, yeah, you're able to... Yeah, yeah. You're able to get in. Uh, and I think the... It doesn't have a traditional screen. It's more like the runes that are arrayed on the side of this um, chamber. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, begin to connect uh, as you... Um, as you try to pull up any any sort of a, a diagram or um, schematic of how the facility works. Uh, and it, at first it looks like nonsense, but then you're able to hold up kind of some of the, um, some of the work that sister spring had done to mm -hmm. kind of um, better understand the workings of the ascending fortress. And you realize that it is actually a fairly direct, um, map of the manifold um the entire facility actually um the manifold is by far the most visually striking part it is a a, a labyrinth tunnels leading into tunnels uh breaking off into other tunnels leading to dead ends um it's hard to guess what the purpose of this part of the facility was just from looking at this and then past that you see sort of a, a ledge um and then just a giant blank space which you surmise is the air gap uh, and then past that, the um, the the terminal core is that what we called it? Uh, yes, the terminal core, which has some. It looks like some large cylindrical structures inside, and one main entrance. Um, but relevant to what you need now, uh, I think you know uh, exactly where you need to go to be able to get to the uh, junkers. And this is also going to help you with emerging from the manifold. So I'm going to say, let's see, you got great effects. So that's normally three ticks. Uh, I'm going to put one of those ticks on emerging from the manifold. Yeah, that makes sense. And the other two ticks will go to getting yourself to the junkers. Uh, All right, so we kind of have ourselves a mortars map here so we can get to the junkers while avoiding the delts, correct? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I don't know how close the delts are to basically, uh, you know, barricading the junkers in. If that's the case, we might have a hard time avoiding them just to get to the junkers. Mm. Uh, and it is a little bit of a trek, so I think it's going to probably be a... Uh, if you want to get these crates there, this would be another risky roll. Um, of some kind, probably probably a group action. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. 
All right, what are you doing? Whatever the the risky <laughs> risky route is, <laughs> risky and fast. Uh, well, scramble would kind of be a measure of your uh, physical strength. Let's yeah, scramble. Augustine isn't Augustine isn't <laughs> physical. All right, and it's it's going to be well. Okay, it would have been limited, risky limited, right? But you have that map, so it's risky standard instead. So because you know. Limited would have been you exhausting yourselves, pushing this thing along, having to push it, push it back when you realize something is a dead end. Um, standard is you're going to be pretty tired by the time you get there, but at least you know exactly the way you need to take these damn things. You know, Quell is pretty used to scrambling through tight places, you know, definitely out <laughs> in the junk, the junk fields and through the, the back alleys and, you know, vent ways of dime. So she's ready to scramble. She's ready to assist getting these things there. Augustine's got energy. He's just, just, just <laughs> <straight> again. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, who's who's leading this action? This risky standard scramble. Um, that's based on. I, least, I can do that. The least stressy, right? Yeah. Typically, uh, some yeah. people get extra bonuses to convey when they mm-hmm. are the leader of a group action. But uh, I don't know if that's the case for any of you, because it's been a little bit since we played. Yeah, let me double check. I don't think I do. I don't, but I can lead it. Okay. That, that can be... That's just Augustine being reckless. Just going. Oh my God, Augustine. <laughs> push out in front. Yep. Uh, so we all roll, right? Yep. Marion looks at Augustine. Hey, you want to race? <laughs> Let's do it. And we're all rolling risky. <laughs> a one in a six. On a I zero apologize die. in advance for whatever I roll, guys. Oh, I got a one. So there's a oh, six. I got a six, though. <laughs> so you're going to take the stress. Oh, and there's another stress from Gadget. Guys, I'm trying. This bug out bag's heavier than it looks. No, that's three stress. <laughs> oh, and another stress from Myriad. We got uh, <laughs> we got a high of six. Yeah. Good job, Quell. But everybody else got a failure. Uh, so that's three stress for Augustine. Yep. Um, and yeah, what, what does that look like? Well, I was already weary, so uh, I probably run like five steps and then just start breathing heavily and lean against the wall. It's like, Oh, Oh, catch up. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's all right, Captain. I know you don't have my experience dragging illicit goods through tight spaces. (laughs) Myriad's caught up in the race with Augustine and trips over, trips over the cane. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, fuck. Uh. I think uh, Decoy, who probably what doesn't have a crate to push, just silently walks up beside you, Augustine, and uh, puts her shoulder to the crate as well. Aww. <laughs> Hopefully she takes after her her taller mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me a grandpa? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know with how many potential children Augustine might have out there. <laughs> There's got to be some potential grandchildren at this point. Uh, I don't like thinking about these family dynamics because if Quell's my co-parent and Chalice is her step-sibling, 
then that would make Chelsea <laughs> my step sibling, and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I think this is this is a montage, right? Yay, montage um, <laughs> of just a lot of heaving and pressing and momentary breaks. Um, the manifold is not a very friendly place for uh you know moving cargo but hey that's what smugglers do is they move cargo through on through places that typically wouldn't have cargo in them um uh and but before you emerge to the um to the yeah to the junkers guild base camp before you emerge to the junkers guild base camp um the camera will cut to um Sister Springs, uh, the exterior of Sister Springs' um, home, with the the door forced open um, permanently, and I think we see um, a character who I don't actually think we've seen since the um, since our Street Magic game. Uh, let's see, their name was something that made you that made Kitty laugh at it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Verticris? Verticris? No, that wasn't it. Hold on, hold on. I have my notes here. The spindles. Oh, Eerie Patina. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Eerie Patina, the sand seeker and former Lapis Eye. We just see over their shoulder um, the surveying the the location and then a cut to them um there's a, a ship landing on the uh the official docks um near puerto alambre and eerie uh, is meeting with a uniformed officer who's disembarking a uh, uniformed officer of the azure fleet uh it is a threatening looking ship and it, this is a um well-equipped looking uh officer and I'm t- ticking Vert's solution up by one to represent the passage of time. That's why I thought their name was Vertigris, because Vertigris is the patina that forms on copper. Oh, excellent point. That's that's <laughs> one of their crews. Someone in their crew. <laughs> there you go. So I was just thinking patina, copper patina, Vertigris. Uh, okay, airy patina, yes. So they just landed, and this is part of Vert's solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but we cut from that to the whole group of you, uh, decoy, uh, wrapping herself back up in her, her scarves, um, emerging into, from a, a side passage into the, uh, the Junkers base camp. And it reminds you in many ways of the, um, the Junkers camp that you saw back on Dig One Twelve, uh, they have their their tents set up. They have their mostly empty crates. Um, they have some manner of, of supplies, and they have uh, four gasket uh, crossing her arms and looking extremely impatient um, until she hears uh, your group entering and turns around and uh, just. Uh, Gets a big grin on her face. We brought crates. <laughs> <laughs> There's supplies in the crates. They're not just crates. 
and she like nods your way and says, "Keep your voice down, please." Oh, but the decoy disrobed too many scarves. What? Uh, when we said the decoy, when she when we're in the the manifold, uh, she wears multiple scarves, right? Mm-hmm. But she's still able to feel heat. She she didn't like remove them or anything, right? She's still human oh, presenting. Yeah, she- she put them back on. She kind of like loosened them before. She tightened them back up. So you can really only see like from her nose up because okay. kind of like around her, her mouth down is where she starts to get noticeably translucent. Uh, and uh, yeah, four gasket just says we we've been badly needing these. This is a big help. Thank you. Quell flashes her her typical winning smile and says, uh, you know, we wouldn't leave you in a lurch. Hmm. I suppose I do. Uh, and uh, for motions over, and um, people start, you know, some of the um, the expedition members uh, start cracking open the crates. Um, and on the top, there is, you know, there's food rations. Um, there's uh, probably some uh, actual digging equipment that they they needed shipped to them. Uh, and they, they keep going and underneath that, uh, I think, yeah, gasket, like one of them kind of like looks in the box and kind of looks up at four and four just looks at you guys and four just nods, uh, and they start handing out weapons from the crates. Uh, Mm. there's a bunch of caster guns in there. Um, and four just like kind of looks back at you, uh, is kind of like judging your response and just says insurance. Based on what I saw outside, it looks like you might need it. Uh, and she nods and says, um, do you have a plan to get back out? I mean, get the way we came in. Mm. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> be careful. Um, we're... I'd offer you another job to get in, but we're just doing enough to keep our... Um, keep afloat out here i have some irons in the fire uh and uh augustine you know that she's referring to um some of the talks that she's had with vert Mm. um and just says um and it would be uh we don't want too many people around it could be it could get complicated so would she pay you or would the, yeah, she'd pay you. Uh, she'd reach into her coffers and, uh, you know, the, I think they, they don't have much food left. Uh, they definitely did need that food as well as the guns. Uh, and she gives you your payment, which, um, as arranged with the, the chop is just one credit, but that's boosted to two, uh, thanks to your ability, your beluga ability. Of um, cargo eye, yeah. Uh, and I think what that looks like here is just, um, yeah. F- I think four just probably takes you aside, Augustine, and just says things may get complicated around here soon. Um, here, we've you've been a valued partner for us in the past, and we'd like that to continue. So hopefully, this eases your trip out of Subita. Uh, just gives you a little extra. I appreciate it. And she nods 
and at this point um the junkers guild um most of the folks here they look nervous with the guns in their hand you know they're not they're not soldiers um they're used to dealing with strange sights but usually not like active opposition um so they're kind of like hefting the guns and like kind of looking back and forth at each other like are we actually going to need to use these <laughs> does, um, does anyone look like they actually know how to use one uh a few of them but less than you would like mm. for a bunch of people who now have guns <laughs> i look at myriad and just in a low voice do you do you want to give a quick direction or should i i think i'm not the best person to give direction <laughs> well, you you also i mean i've had my times with blasters casters caster blasters caster, caster, ca- caster guns <laughs> yeah caster guns. <laughs> um, um but I know that you're probably a bit more proficient recently, so I mean, I'm a I'm a good shot. <laughs> but that's more for hunting. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll I wanna gather them around in a you know, as tight a little huddle as we can so I can keep voice low and just give them like basics, safety things like that Mm -hmm. because i don't want to just put guns in their hands and walk off with them looking like that Mm. uh let's see augustine you if you want you could make a command fortune roll to see how good of a instruction instructing job you're doing here instruction that's the word i was looking for uh four six okay so six yeah they um they seem much more confident in which side of the gun to point at any delts that come in. Um, they still don't seem comfortable with the concept, but they definitely know how to use these firearms now. Um, yeah, and, magic arms. And I'll, I'll put in the, you know, you know, don't pull the trigger unless you really have to, because that's something that you'll have to live with. Uh, and I think they probably go... Yeah, they go even more quiet after that, and uh, one of them just nods at you and says, "Yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Captain. That's what people call you, right?" That works. <laughs> um, and Quell, I'm kind of curious, what is your reaction as you're seeing? Because you used to work with the Junkers. Yeah, um, well, I was going to say, is there anybody there? Uh, that I would know. Um, yeah, if you want there to be. Uh, yeah. We already know that... I don't think that uh, Aikido is here because Aikido wasn't a field agent. Um, no. But yeah, there might be some, some other folks you'd, you'd known in the sure. past. Yeah, I have to imagine that at least some of the orphans that work as junk pickers stay with the guild long enough to move up to field agents and so on. So she sidles up to uh, somebody that she knows and says, uh, seems like the, uh, some of the locals haven't been very welcoming 
Yeah, they just they just keep saying that we don't have any business in here. You know, it's just the Senate Fortress that just should be the Subitans, and like they they had plenty of opportunity to check it out, right? We're just we're just gonna look in there, and then everybody will get the benefit from what we find, right? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I I'm not one to to turn a you know to turn down a, a good salvaging operation. You should know that, but. You know, it, are they just saying that they don't want you in here at all? Or do you think they have any particular particular problems? That came out really weird. Do you think that there, there's something in particular they're hoping to keep hidden? Let's see. I'm looking at your weird friends list. Uh, <laughs> do you want this to be maybe uh, Horex or Rye? Just so we have a name <laughs> to work with here. Sure, let's scroll up and see if I can see my weird friends. Uh, sure, absolutely. It could be one of those two. You can pick. Uh, okay, this can be Rye. Maybe somebody you had like a little, a little like kid urchin romance with back in the day, but it kind of like you know moved on from mutually. Hmm. Uh, doesn't have to be. That just that that is what the list is there. An unrequited love for okay. Rye. <laughs> oh Rye. So Rye, Rye Bobai, Rye guy, Rye so shy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like you know we've run into issues with some people, usually some uh, people who have some claim to the land in the past, but you know to this. And she kind of gestures toward the guns. This seems like something else. What's going on? I think Rai kind of takes you aside and, and lowers their voice and just says, I think after the Dig 112 thing, there's... The Junkers have some accounts coming due, Quell. I think Four kind of needs this, you know? Um, so she's pushing a little harder than she used to. And to be fair, it's, it could be a huge find. Like the ascending fortress, people have been trying to get in for, for years, but it just kept moving around and the walls were so thick and now, you know, it stopped and it cracked open. Like it's the chance of a lifetime. And, and they didn't seem like they were in a hurry to figure it out. The Subitans, I mean, um, so yeah, here we are. And they just kind of like look at the gun in their hand. Yeah, but, I mean, the Junkers, they don't even know what they're necessarily looking for, right? This is a purely exploratory. Well, yeah, but they trapped us in here. They were going to starve us out. Yeah, this is... This I mean, they were. They said, they said they'd let us go, but, you know, we couldn't take anything, and we sure couldn't come back in once we left. This seems like a lot more than the Junkers have gotten involved with in the past. Usually, Floor Gasket has a way with the locals. Like, I don't know. This seems like there must be something in particular that they're worried about. And like you said, Floor Gasket must be worried about these accounts coming due to dig in this hard. I mean, I know, I know Floor Gasket's stubborn, but I've never known her to endanger the crew like this. Uh, well, Quell, I mean, on the one hand, you're right, but on the other hand, she gave us a pittance to crawl through scrap when we were orphan, when we were little kids. I mean, 
she's not exactly a model of ethics. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the truth, you know. And I think the poor gasket. I think she just knows the way of things, especially the way of things on dying. But yeah, I I don't know. You watch your back here, right? This seems this seems like somebody. I don't know. This seems like poor Gasket might be scared, and I'm not used to seeing her scared. And scared people, sometimes they do dangerous things. I don't know if the Delts are scared too, but they sure as heck don't want anybody in here. And I have to imagine there's got to be a better reason than just wanting first pick of whatever might be found in here. It right shrugs and says, I just want to go back to time. But... <sighs> Oh, poor Rye. Well, I'll tell you what, Rye. You do what we always did. Keep your feet fast and your head down. And I'm going to tell you, if shooting starts, there's no need to be a hero. No. You you know just as well as I I do that sometimes the best way, uh, the best way to live to see another day is to find your way to the back door. And they nod at that, say, "Ah, kept us going this far. Yeah. Yeah. Junkers aren't (laughs) meant to be an army. Hell no. And uh, you find anything that's worth keeping? Well, I don't know. Maybe think about why the Delts don't want it to be taken so bad. And they nod. And they say, uh, anyway, I should I should get back to the others before they start talking. Um, but, yeah, you, you look after yourself too, Quell, okay? We gotta oh. meet back up with uh, Aikido and, and Gooden. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's gonna be a fresh pot of stew at Mama Gina's waiting for us. Uh, you say, like, it's a good thing. And they kind of like put a put a smile on and uh, clap you on the shoulder. <laughs> well, you know we can't taste it if we're dead. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Quell gives kind of a crooked smile and uh, flashes a thumbs up and is. Is but you can see there's worry in her eyes. Okay, so the group has is heading back to the um, kind of the interior of the manifold, past the staging area, which I, I imagine is kind of like it, it was probably just like that one of the, a larger junction, right? Like not too different from the other tunnels joining mm-hmm. together, so it's all very cramped. Um, and your plan is to make your way back through and head to the air gap? Well, before we proceed much further, I think that Quell would kind of pull the captain aside and would say, um, I appreciate you showing them how to use those casters, but you and I both know that those junkers are not soldiers. That can be said about everyone when they first pick up a gun. Well, of course, but 
I mean, half of them are practically kids. And, you know, I've never seen the Junkers get into to a scrap like this before. I mean, Four Gasket, Four Gasket's pretty shrewd. And when people had land claims before and brought issues with the Junkers Guild, she either pays them off or she finds a way to, to get them in, under control that doesn't involve blasting people away. This is different, and I know I know we haven't had much of a chance to talk with the doubts, but I don't know. Four gasket seems desperate, and the delts, whatever's in here, I don't I don't think the junkers know what they're looking for, but the delts sure as heck don't want them finding it. Uh, did it seem like Four Gasket wants to get out or wants to stand their ground and take things? Uh, it seemed like Four was interested in maintaining her in the Junkers Guild position. Yes, the from what you picked up, the Delts were willing to let them leave. They just weren't going to let them take any stuff. And after they left, they weren't going to be allowed to return to the interior of the Ascending Fortress. So yeah. it was kind of a, a standoff where the Junkers didn't want to lose their position, but were also, you know, going on dwindling supplies. We can always show them the way out so they have their own way. But I, I don't think that Four is going to be giving up this position anytime soon. And mm. that's as much as I can do for them. Because right. we're not going to be taking those away from them, I don't think. Well, no. I mean, like I said, well, I talked with Rye, uh, an old friend. And Rye mentioned that uh, there was going to be some accounts come due for for the junkers and I think that four gaskets maybe more invested in this Dell than than most of them. You know, most of the ones that she's been on in the past. Like I said, with this much opposition, she's shrewd. She would have found a way to, to get it under control and if she couldn't, she's not the sort to risk her own hide. The fact that she's here and that she's not leaving, even when they were being starved out, tells me that she's either really eager to get her hands on what's in here, or she's very afraid of losing, leaving empty-handed. And given that they don't know what's in here, well, I don't know what's waiting for her if they do leave without something to show for it. I, I think as uh, Quell mentions, accounts coming due, probably framed between... Um... Well, in Augustine speaking, uh, we see Decoy with her arms crossed and kind of looking out into the manifold, you know, kind of narrow, uh, probably closing her eyes and just seeming like she's trying to focus on something. Um, and we get a, a, a reminder of mm-hmm. um, the last job that the Junkers had you take where <laughs> they wanted you to grab that artifact for them, but you ended up just keeping it, which might have contributed to some of their current difficulties. Look, as Quell said, she's not she's not above doing some picking when the picking's good. And she <laughs> she knows that sometimes some of the land claims that these people, these landbergs have, are questionable at best. Okay, she's not necessarily a paragon of virtue herself, but she's also you know you get when the getting's good, and the getting is not good here. Okay, <laughs> people are literally threatening them and starving them out. 
they're saying, hey, you're allowed to walk out and keep your, your hides intact. And Horn Gasket is, is saying no and is making that decision for the rest of her crew here. So we, we didn't really do right by the Junkers last time. No, we certainly didn't. And, uh, well, I mean, like, finders keepers sometimes. That's the law of the Junkers Guild, by the way. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> is that actually the law of the Junkers Guild? Would you know if it wasn't? Do they have that phrase in Latin on their crest? <laughs> <laughs> the law of the Junkers Guild, finders keepers. That, that's Claw's that, law, which that, is why she has her sword, keepers. her little... Uh... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, Look, I've, but, I've certainly acquired a number of things on delves that may have been meant for uh, the guild's hands. And I, I think that maybe they, they plan for a certain amount of, I think what grocery stores would call shrink, shrinkage, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing about being a successful junker is you got to know when to call it a day. Gasket knows when to call it a day. And uh, I'm saying it's past quitting time. And I don't know why she's still here. Well, we don't have need to take anything from, from here once we make it in. We just need to get it running so that way Decoy can drive this thing where it needs to go. So maybe we can do one right by them. Sure. Find that you way. You know anything in. about the delts? What do I know about the delts? Oh, well, we could probably even flashback here and see a little bit of Augustine's meeting with the delts, which we kind of had to <laughs> skip, <laughs> skip past for time last time. Oh, um, yeah, because we know the, we know the junkers. What's driving them, at least to to some extent. But we don't know why the Delts are so intent on not letting them leave with anything. And again, not letting them leave with something in hand. They'll let them leave empty-handed. Oh, the fact that the Protectorate Affairs are dealing with the Delts is concerning as well. 